haven't you learned anything? My school shit is a joke. The same people who control the school system control the prison system. And the whole social system. Ever since slavery. What the fuck is up, world? Biali Tlantic back. We back in this bitch. Another grito. Another podcast for that ass. Episode 50, boy. Let's just get fucking right into it because I personally am very excited for this podcast for a variety of reasons. Now, before I get started, let's just cut to quickly to the formalities. First and foremost, a quick shout out to my boy. Stephen Murray, who hit me up on the gram, has for a while now hit me up on the gram, um, and just recently messaged in regards to the last episode of the podcast to explain, to express how much he appreciated it, to which, it fucking, that shit made my day, dog, so straight up, shout out to you, um, in fact, one of the things that this gentleman said is that he, he referred to it as this week's podcast, right, so <laughs> it, even though it had been like two weeks between uh, my last podcast and shit, um, there's something about the the, the the way that there's something about those words that motivated me to get this podcast out within a week for whatever reason. Okay, so shout out for the inspiration in that respect as well. Okay, shout out to everybody listening to this fucking podcast, bro. I, I, I this and this before I get into that, let's get into the fucking formalities. If you haven't already, follow your boy on Instagram specifically because, like I said, I don't really fuck with the Facebook or Twitter. OG underscore Ice Nice Thirteen. Okay. Um, so yeah, with that said, let's just, again, shout out seriously to everybody who's listening to this fucking podcast. Sometimes when I log in and I see where the fuck people are tuning in from, I'm just like blown away, dog. Especially the motherfuckers. Again, I'm, this is a humble brag. Okay. Please appreciate that. Please understand or, um, give me the fucking benefit of the doubt when I say that this really is a humble brag, but the motherfuckers from outside of the United States of America, dog, that shit is crazy as fuck to me because... Listen, this is what it's going to boil down to for this particular episode of the podcast. A hood is a hood, dog, irrespective of where the fuck, what part of the world you might find yourself in, okay? Hood philosophy is global philosophy in the sense that there's fucking barrios, there's hoods, there's fucking, you know, reservations. There's all kinds of fucking places in the world that don't fit into the the fucking progressive mold that we're told, this modernist mold of history that we're told we're all currently undertaking that's going to lead us to some grand you know, teleological end goal of this fucking grand harmonious existence for humans. Like, that's just not the fucking case, man. I'm sorry. You know, and I'm done fucking trying to, I'm not, I'm, you know, this is where you get the quote unquote postmodern influence in, in my work, I guess I should say. And that is that I'm not giving the fucking, the modernists the benefit of the doubt. I'm just fucking putting my foot down and saying, fuck you, fuck Fukuyama, fuck Hegel, fuck all these motherfucking end of history peoples who are saying that, you know, history has settled with capitalism and that we're all all better for it. Nah, dog, fuck that shit, yo. There's fucking hoods all around the world because of capitalism. And it's because of that that I'm giving a shout out to you who are not tuning in from the United States of America. This is not just a fucking uh, local phenomenon. This, you know, the suffering that is induced by capitalism. This is a global fucking phenomenon, dog. So to have people that are tuning in from, you know, other parts of the world that are, you know, I'm assuming vibing with it and feeling like, yeah, dog, this shit relates. Like, shout out to you, dog, straight the fuck up to what I would personally consider the many organic intellectuals, if you will, 
that exist all around the world. You might not have the fucking formal university training, but that doesn't make you any less of a motherfucking G, dog. You know what I'm saying? It's with that that we'll get then into the fucking actual point of this podcast, okay? Um, it's, again, to me, this is a big fucking deal. I know I might be sounding histrionic in a way, but it's the 50th one I do with these motherfuckers, okay? And it's big to me for two reasons. The first of which being when I first started this shit, I never fucking thought that I would stick around with it long enough to even get to a 50th episode. You know what I mean? Um, so what I'm trying to say is that although 50 seems like an odd number to be celebrating for me, it's a big fucking deal, dog. Because when I first started this shit, like straight the fuck up, still to this day, I'm going to just be honest with you and forthcoming. I still struggle with, you know, depression, dog. And, um, there's times when I don't want to do shit. I force myself literally to do shit, even though I, cause at this point in my life, I know full well, like I just have to do it. You know what I mean? It's a recurring topic throughout the course of the podcast. I'm sure you've heard it ad nauseum at this point. There's no need to expand on it any further than that. Um, but what I'm saying then is that this podcast was no different, dog. even though it's a fucking passion of mine, I do this as a passion. You know what I mean? Like, obviously I have my job and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm chilling for the most part. So this is just something that I get to do as a hobby for the most part. And the fact that it's spread, you know, obviously I'm trying to spread it and the fact that it has that that's dope as fuck and worth celebrating. You know what I mean? But it's because there's no, the, the, the motivation for the podcast is what I'm trying to say. It comes from an internal source, right? There's, this, this, this eternal ball of motion, if you will, that Nietzsche is going to refer to as the three, the three transformations of the spirit, the final transformation of spirit, of course, being the, the ceaseless ball of motion, the self-motivation that comes entirely from within, right? Without the need for external sources to stimulate one into action. And, um, I'm not going to lie, dog. I'm not fucking there. You know what I mean? I would like to get there to some point. There's people who are undoubtedly there now in life, no doubt. But me personally, I'll be honest with you, dog. Like, I'm not fucking there. I'm still, if anything, I'm maybe like, maybe, maybe in the infancy of the dragon stage. Okay. The dragon stage being this person that overcomes the camel stage who is no longer willing to bear the load that has been, uh, you know, um, placed upon them and say that you have to carry this load to you to the end, basically like this. Uh, like an automata that's carrying the load of all sorts of things, the fucking society we live in, uh, you know, your family and all that kind of shit, the chain sickness that Nietzsche's going to type of refer to. That's the first stage of the transformation of spirit. I'll do a podcast on it maybe someday. But the second stage, of course, is the dragon. And that's, you know, the person who, uh, I'm sorry, the lion, <laughs> the lion slays the dragon. So I apologize for the confusion. Um, it's the lion stage of the transformation. And this lion is one that becomes very like protective and uh, guarded over, you know, the progress that it's made because it knows full well what it, it doesn't know exactly yet what it's going to want. What it's going to need to do is it's going to need to destroy the dragon. The dragon again is this 10,000 year old beast covered in fucking gold. The gold is, you know, the morals of the, of the society that predated it and shit. But the lion does know that it needs to overcome that in order to get to whatever the next stage is going to be, which of course is the perpetual self ball of motion. And the only way that it can do that is to be very highly guarded about its progress that it's made because it's fucking, you know, it's up for, it could be jeopardized at any given moment. Now, it's a lot more deeper than this. I'm leaving a lot out. I'm basically just riffing on the top of my head. It's the fucking it's very introduction of the book, Dust Spoke Zarathustra, in case you're interested, okay? Um, at, the very, at the very beginning, I'm saying it's not like the exact introduction. It's just somewhere there in the beginning. So if you're interested, go check that out, right? Um, but what I'm trying to say then is that in terms of the perpetual ball of motion, like I would... This is some more Nawa shit. You know what I mean? The beating heart. I found where my heart is beating towards, but there's still days that I, you know, struggle with uh, trying to get that ball in motion. And, you know, one of the biggest motivations that you and I have that people around the world have, obviously, is the motivation not to starve, the motivation to not, you know, go fucking... Uh, to not have a roof over one's head. The motivation, of course, which is the uh, which is put into us by capitalism. 
But the problem here, whether you know, whatever the fuck your beliefs are on capitalism, it's not necessarily relevant for this particular point. The point that I'm trying to make is that at, at the at, at the base of it, that's an external motivation. You know what I mean? So people, they get up and they go to work, not because it's something within them, but it's something that's outside of them, the external force, right? The desire, to, the need, I should say, to have to provide food, water, shelter, uh, the, the financial resources necessary to secure the food, water, shelter, safety. You know what I mean? Um, but what Niche is going to try to get us to is the fucking, the internal ball of motion, dog, right here inside of us, right? The heart, if you will, uh, in, in a Nahuatl philosophy. Um which, of course, just for the sticklers out there, predates the Nietzschean philosophy by thousands of years, okay? Um, but, uh, yeah, dog, and, like, I, I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? So when it came to this podcast, there was days, bro. I mean, when I would go a month without fucking doing a podcast, the actual impetus for me for this podcast was, yeah, like, I want to get these thoughts out, you know what I mean? But I really didn't know in any sort of way how. And then I had homies who were like, dude, you got to start a podcast, you got to start a podcast, like, do a podcast, I'll fucking listen. And I was like, okay, let's do the podcast then, you know what I mean? But when I first started, yo, I was fucking, obviously, for ugh, this a cringe moment here, like, there's people that have told me, I'm going to go back and listen to your old podcast, like, oh, I fucking cringe. Like, I appreciate the support, but damn, I cringe thinking of just how fucking pathetic I was when I first started. I'm pathetic still now, right? But when I first started, goddamn, I was a fucking embarrassment to myself, you know what I mean? Um, but, in, in, and when I first started it, there was lulls, like, there would go long lulls in between uh, podcast episodes because I just, I didn't have the internal motivation, so when I say that I'm trying to celebrate the 50th one is because honestly, dog, I just, I was kind of just, I always said that I was I, something I'm always going to do. I'm never going to stop doing it. But to be at the point now where I'm doing it so as, you know, a little bit more consistent is it's something, a little pat on the back, if you will. Okay. But more importantly, it's an, a, an homage to you, the people who keep listening, because if it wasn't, if honestly, dog, uh, when I first started, I was like, I knew no one was going to listen. Like, who the fuck am I? I'm nobody. You know what I mean? I had my small group of friends. You know, uh, my, my jujitsu homies and maybe an occasional student who'd be like, hey, I saw you on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do this podcast thing. You know what I mean? But uh, I was under no pretense that I was going to fucking drop the podcast and the entire world is going to be listening out the first go around. I knew for the first however many, 20, 30 episodes, like, no one's going to fucking listen, dog. You know what I mean? Which is probably a fucking good thing because in the sense that they were pretty fucking, you know, admittedly, they were not the best. Okay. But inevitably, as the, the, the listenership, I'm not trying to give the impression that I have a huge listenership. No, I'm trying to say a thank you to the listenership that I do have, okay? Just so we're clear. But um, and as it did begin to grow, the motivation to continue pumping these bitches out obviously fucking increased in proportion. So in that respect, again, shout out to all you motherfuckers who do listen to this podcast. Like, I know it's me the one fucking talking, but it's even though it's isolated, I'm here by my fucking self, you know what I mean, in my crib. Um, and I'm assuming you're chilling either by yourself in some headphones or, you know, maybe with a little bit small company, um, based off my listenership for podcasting, you know what I mean? It was like, it's something weird when, the, when, when there's too many people around, there's just the podcast, it's just not the same. It doesn't hit the same. You know what I mean? Uh, whenever it is by yourself, when you got the headphones on. Um, anyways, what I'm trying to say then is that even though it's me pumping this bitch out, like the mutual reciprocity is much appreciated and as much a fucking impetus for this podcast as as anything, you know what I mean? Like it, that shit does generally keep me going, um, which will get me to the next point, And that is why I fucking, again, why I even started with this fucking podcast in the first place, dog. Aside from the fact that I had the homies who were like, yo, like you should start a podcast and you should start making these videos and put this shit out, dog, so you can fucking share this. You know what I mean? The impetus for why, why all this even came, the, the, that discussion with the homies even came up in the first place is because honestly dog i had just grown alienated with philosophy i was uh, 
still a little bit to this point, kind of, I don't want to say over it, but I'm bored with the Western tradition of philosophy, honestly, okay? Uh, and I don't mean that in a dismissive way. I mean it in the way that, as we're going to see here soon, the Western tradition of philosophy, it's very limiting and purposefully, if you ask me, okay? Um, and this is kind of how this goal started, right? So with this podcast, I was thinking, I was like, you know what, dog? It's 50 podcasts. I have people who are coming at me and saying like, yo, I just found your podcast. I want to go fuck. I'm going to listen to the old episodes. Like, I, let's do a quick rehash, dog. Like exactly what the fuck hood philosophy is. You know what I mean? I, I talk hood philosophy all the fucking time. I'm always dropping that shit on the fucking Instagram for sure. You know what I mean? Talking hood philosophy, hood philosophy, how it differs from the Western tradition, all that kind of shit. But I felt it was appropriate with this episode number to recollect, to reflect a little bit, if you will, okay, on the origins of the hood philosophy. So again, how it started, dog, it got to the point where it was just disillusionment with philosophy in general. Yo, I've been studying philosophy since an undergraduate, dog. I initially, I remember like when I first went to enroll at the community college that I work at now, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just fucking, I was 22 years old, dog. And I went to go enroll and I remember they made us choose a major and I got down to two majors specifically that I narrowed it down to. One was psychology and the other one was philosophy. And I was torn because deep down inside of me, I wanted to fucking major in philosophy, dog. But the only thing that was keeping me from doing so was that fucking trope about people who major in philosophy ending up being, you know, servers or, you know, fast food employees and shit. You know what I mean? And I felt this chain sickness to use the Nietzschean uh, language, right? That I was attached to my grandfather's ideas of what it is that he wanted for me. And that was to be a highly educated fucking person that does, you know, whatever highly fucking educated people do and shit. You know what I mean? So uh, I remember this cognitive dissonance, this fucking this schism within myself when I was forced to decide and I said, fuck, I really want to major in philosophy, but it's, it, I, if I go home and I tell my grandfather I'm going to be a philosopher, he's going to fucking, he's going to poop a duke, dog. You know what I mean? So I, I fucking circled psychology, dog. And I started my, I started my undergraduate degree as a psychology major. And I was, my idea was to go off and become a fucking, uh, um, uh, a, not a therapist, but a, one of those a psychiatrists. You know what I mean? The people that are saying that, you know, the whole DSM-5 manual, DSM-4, whatever type manual bullshit, giving out medicine, all that kind of shit to people. And that was that was going to be at that time when I was 22 years old. That was my trajectory. OK, and in my mind, in my mind, that was my trajectory. But um, as I got deeper along into the uh, into the initial undergraduate work for psychology, I, my heart was still like, you know, in philosophy, despite the fact that I didn't really have much of a philosophical background. I read the basics, you know, like Plato and shit. But my heart was still, like, it was still drawn to the philosophy. And then I took just by fucking, by fucking just whatever, dog. I took an elective in philosophy. It was actually the philosophy of religion class, okay? By, and it was with one of my former podcast guests, the gentleman, Allah Salama. I don't remember the name of the podcast. I don't fucking remember the episode of the podcast, but I thought it was a pretty dope podcast, right? It was uh, him trying to, trying to convince me to be a Muslim, <laughs> okay? But uh, I was like, uh, but I'm not going to do that, dog. Okay, I'm happy with who I am. Um, anyways, the point is that, um, in his class, he, I finally gained the courage, if you will. I just said, fuck it, dog. Like I, psychology is cool. I was actually on the verge of transferring out to a, a university, a four-year university. Um, and I just, I had to come to terms with the fact that, yo, psychology is dope, dog, but my heart really does truly lie in philosophy. So I switched majors from there to philosophy. So I was about 30 credits into my associate's degree. And um, from then on, I've been studying philosophy, dog, from my bachelor's degree all the way, again, as an undergraduate, through my master's degree, 
And most of my fucking doctoral program, doc, has been studying in philosophy. So in that time, basically, not only did I get bored, doc, like just straight up bored. Like there's only so much you can read of the Western tradition before you realize like, okay, I, I think I might not have read every single Western philosopher, but I think I have a pretty good fucking understanding of what Western philosophy is. You know what I mean? So that kind of led me to the disillusionment. And the disillusionment came in a couple of different forms, okay? The first of which being, obviously, again, despite the rich history of the Western tradition of philosophy, dog, I'm telling you, like, realistically, there's only so many prominent figures that deserve merit. And I'm not saying this to be fucking dismissive. Like, for real, usually I am. But um, flippantly, and like in a flippant way, I'm dismissive, like, in almost in an ironic, like, you know, I'm not trying, how am I trying to say it? Like, I don't fucking like Plato and Socrates. Don't get me twisted. But I will give them their due proper, is what I'm saying. I'm not a fucking hater, dog. You know what I mean? So when I am dismissing them, usually it's like a little bit, let's a little bit of a tongue in cheek in there, okay? Um, but seriously, despite that, there's only so many prominent figures in the Western tradition of philosophy that you can read before you start to realize that we all do this, dog. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. You know what I mean? And if you read fucking, Let's just just trace the quick genealogy. If you read fucking Plato and Socrates, dog, you've basically already read, for the most part, every single philosopher in the Western tradition. That's not even my idea, bro. There's like a whole quote, and you know, I, I believe it's by the, the gentleman named Witted, okay? And he said that all the philo- or it might have even been Heidegger. Who the fuck cares? It's one of those Western analytic dorks, okay? Um, but the point is that what you're trying to say is that if you've read Plato, you've read all of Western philosophy. Like all of Western philosophy is basically just a footnote to this which I think is fucking hilariously untrue, right? Well, for the Western tradition, maybe, right? But they're trying to make it seem like it's the footnote for all of philosophy. And you're just like, oh God, you shut the fuck up, please. Anyways, the point that I'm trying to say is like, obviously this is not an idea that it's, it's not even just uniquely my own in a sense, okay? You have the obvious stalwarts, like again, Plato and shit. And then even in that era or around that era, you have the people that rediscover him, like Aquinas, you know what I'm saying? And then you have like the early modern tradition with his big books like fucking Descartes, and then you have like the lesser names, you know, um, in, in Descartes' time, you have Hobbes, not really as less name, but not as famous as Descartes for sure. You have, um, what's that one dude with the monads, whatever the fuck his name is, the one that supposedly uh, co-invented uh, math along with Newton. You have that dork as well. And then you have obviously like Kant, okay? And more recently, there's like a push to give this fucking asshole Hegel more credit. Um you know, and then you move along a little bit and you have people like fucking Nietzsche and the rest of the prominent Western philosophers. And honestly, dog, like after that, you, you you basically run the gamut of Western philosophy. Again, I'm not trying to be dismissive, but if since they're always in what's referred to as conversation with one another. Oh, I guess I should qualify this further. <laughs> I fucking, you know what? Like I started this podcast about philosophy, dog, but it's my fucking podcast. I'll talk whatever the fuck shit I want. And I was thinking about like just how how fucking absurd it must be in the eyes of a dusty ass fucking academic philosopher for a a quote unquote philosopher like myself. I don't say quote unquote because I don't consider myself a philosopher. I say quote unquote because I'm sure they don't fucking consider me a philosopher, which I can do a fuck less, right? Um, Anyways, what I'm saying is that just just thinking about how absurd they must find it that someone was doing a fucking podcast, someone who referred to themselves as a philosopher on, you know, the occult and fucking mysticism and uh, conspiracy theories, like it must drive them up the fucking wall, which makes me laugh. Anyways, um, the point that I'm trying to say is, again, I'm not trying to be dismissive or reductive. I'm simply saying that there's only so many fucking philosophers, dog, then they're in conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, let me finish that thought, actually. Um, 
it probably drives them crazy because they don't think I'm a fucking actual philosopher. But honestly, dog, fuck them because I am first and foremost. I don't need your fucking approval. And two, they probably think that my shit, my hood philosophy, as we're going to discuss here shortly in deeper detail, doesn't have any sort of a quote unquote epistemic foundation, which is hilarious, dog, because my shit is actually deeply fucking rooted in philosophy. Not the Western tradition of philosophy entirely, but it's fucking deeply philosophical and deeply academic, dog. So um, the reason I'm, I'm bringing up this point is because this is where it comes into play is the reason I'm so easy to dismiss these fucking philosophers is because uh again you read the stalwarts dog and you start to realize that they are what is referred to as in conversation with one another they're fucking talking about each other in their works you know what i mean and they're assuming that you've already read them so again if you read fucking uh foucault dog you're reading nietzsche like there's just no if and your butts about it you you'll have to read nietzsche because you won't really understand exactly what it is that foucault's talking about you know what i'm saying and if you're reading fucking Nietzsche, you just have to read fucking Plato, dog, because you won't understand what the fuck Nietzsche's really talking about. You know what I'm saying? So these philosophers, they're in conversation with one another, and they assume that you're familiar with this conversation, okay? So just because of that, you can ba- you can get a very good understanding of the entirety, dog, of the Western scope of analytic, philo- uh, uh, not just analytic, but continental philosophy as well, just by reading the, the, the prominent figureheads. You know what I'm saying? So in that respect... um, that's kind of why I was like starting to become disillusioned with philosophy. I'd studied it for so long, again, since an undergraduate, doc, at 22 years old, that by the time I was getting close to 27, maybe 28, maybe at that, you know what I mean? Um, I was just like, okay, bro, I get it. Okay. God is dead. Science killed him. And now we're all living in the shadow of this fucking, uh, uh, we're all living in the shadow of this godless world trying to find meaning and purpose because of it. Okay. And it might appear, it might appear, this world appears uh, to have lost it because of the, you know, the reductive scientific approach that we've inherited from this Western tradition of philosophy, right? That replaced this godlike entity of the Christian world with this nihilistic pit of despair that comes when we reduce, you know, our understanding of reality to the finest points of, you know, scientific reductivism, reductionism rather, which I've already talked about at length on a previous podcast, right? And, you know, I get it. Like, you're sad because of this. The nihilism sucks and you're in a pit of despair and you're constantly searching for a way out of it, but you can't fucking find one, okay? Um, And then you have on the other end of the spectrum the analytic dorks who won't allow anything into their little privileged club as long as it doesn't fit, if it doesn't rather fit into their little paradigm of what fits their tailored fit version of reality. You know what I mean? So it gets to the point where after a while, it's like, okay, dog, like, I get it. We're just, we're rehashing the same fucking arguments over and over again. At this point, it's basically a fucking um, competition of who is more sad and who can do a better job of writing about it. All right. <laughs> and this is obviously the distinction between the continental and analytic tradition there. But again, I'm going to go so far, dog, as to say that me personally, I just, I personally felt that nothing spectacular has come out of the Western tradition of philosophy since basically like the late 1960s, dog. I'm talking about like specifically the critical theoretical movement. There's been some pretty dope advancements like in the philosophy of mind, but nothing earth shattering, especially when you start to, you know, uh, um, in, in, uh, involve yourself with non-Western traditions of philosophy and you start to realize, well, these earth shattering uh, discoveries in the Western tradition of philosophy are just as quote-unquote earth-shattering as all the previous ones because you start to realize that many philosophies around the world have already, they've they've already established everything that Western philosophy is only now starting to discover, quote-unquote. You know what I mean? Um, 
So, yeah, dog, like, I'll give the critical theoretical uh, uh, movement its props because, again, maybe it's just me being biased, but there's also the fact that they that philosophy in general arose at, 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 uh, uh, organically at a time when it's unprecedented in the history of humanity. We're talking about technological progress. So there's no way that Upanishads, for instance, could be fucking talking about the control element of, you know, of mass media. It wasn't fucking possible. You know what I'm saying? So that's, you know, I'll give that that particular movement their due credit. Their due credit. But aside from that, like, I just personally don't see anything revolutionary to have come out of the Western tradition of philosophy. Now, that's just me, of course, and I'm sure others are going to disagree to which they can start their own fucking podcast and rant and rave into the void about how stupid and uninformed I am because of this idea or whatever. I really don't care. Okay. It's just the, the point that I'm trying to make is that for me personally, I just got to the point where, again, I outgrew the redundancy of the Western tradition of philosophy and I just needed more for a couple of reasons. Okay. The first reason, the easiest reason to discuss is that I'm just, chances are like you, a very naturally inquisitive person, okay? Which is great in that it's always leading to new insights and shit about different things that I get interested in, but it's simultaneously terrible in the respect that it inevitably, my hyperfixation dog, it always runs its course and I always need something new to keep my attention. It's just another thing that I was fucking competing with when I first started this pro- uh, this podcast. You know what I'm saying? The hyperfixation, like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna do a podcast. Next week, I'm gonna write a book. And this week, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, hey, dog, you're not fucking... We got to start to narrow our horizon of possibilities because, you know, or the projects rather, because uh, our horizon of possibility is shrinking every day. And you want to do a podcast one week and write a book the next. By the time you get to the end of your horizon of possibilities, you ain't going to have done shit because you didn't fucking commit yourself authentically to any one particular project. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, the point is that it's basically, I'm basically like a puppy dog. Okay. And then I'm, I always need to be constantly entertained or challenged or else I'm going to lose interest quickly. Okay. So I guess as like a, a quick aside, if you will, jujitsu is great in that respect in that it's impossible to master. You cannot, it's just not possible to master jujitsu, right? There's this great quote by one of the G's, the fucking OG's, right? If you ask many people, probably the real motherfucking G of jujitsu, uh, Hicks and Gracie. And he's got the quote that says, jujitsu is perfect. It's people ourselves that are imperfect. Okay. And I fucks with that quote. I feel that quote heavily, right? Um, it's impossible to master jujitsu, dog. That shit is always fucking changing and there's no two roles that are ever the exact same. Okay. Um, and I personally, the reason I bring that up is because I personally feel that philosophy genuinely is the same, dog. Philosophy is perfect. And I don't want to give perfect in the sense like of this platonic ideal sense. I'm just saying it's like, I don't even want to say philosophy, dog. I just want to say reality, the ability to just reality is one. It's just this oneness, right? This monism. And it's just, it is what it is, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. And um, it can be interpreted in an infinite many number of ways, but we're hamstrung at the moment by one particular way, and that is the Western analytic tradition that says that they're, fucking the Western analytic tradition, dog. It just it does typical colonizer shit, right? Colonizers stay colonizing, dog. What it's doing is that what it's done is that it's set up these artificial boundaries, these artificial borders, if you will. Surprise, surprise, right? Uh, but instead of the physical militarized borders like the one that we have here in my backyard in El Paso, Texas, this is an intellectual border, okay? And they say that anything within this border is legitimate, but anything outside of this border is illegitimate, you know what I mean? Despite the fact that there was already maps and fucking terrain prior long before these fucking borders were ever artificially enacted, you know what I'm saying? Another fucking 
byproduct of Western tradition and philosophy is that their way of establishing truth, it, 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 again, they go out and they quote unquote discover ideas, right? And then they say, this is an idea that we discovered. And the only way to get to this idea is by following, they, they, they cartograph, if you will, they chart the, the, the way to, for more they started to where the idea is. And they say, the only way to get to this idea is by following this road. And we have named it after the people who have fucking, you know, who, who arrived here first. Again, dog, typical colonizer shit. And they say, if you don't get to this idea, A, you're fucking stupid. And B, if you don't get to this idea in the chart, that in the graph that we followed, you're fucking even stupider, okay? And then it's just, you you, you look at this and you, and just by the way, as a PS aside, this is some of the intellectual grounding for hood philosophy, just in case you were wondering. Because I'm sure inevitably, the point will arise where someone will critique it and say, hood philosophy and hood philosophy. Over the internet, of course, because they're in real life. Bow, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Right in the kisser. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's not what I would do. I'm just being fucking hyperbolic, okay? Um, well, maybe. You never know. Um, they're talking enough shit, for sure. Um, the point that I'm trying to say is that that's like typical Western people shit. You know what I mean? They they discover, quote unquote, shit that's just there, dog. Like, it's a fucking facet. It's a facet of reality. How are you going to fucking, how are you going to take credit for these ideas that are a fundamental element of the human experience? You know what I'm saying? And then they build their borders around them. They chart their little graphs and they say, you have to come to this one idea the way that we got here or else you are dumb and uninformed, et cetera, and so on and so forth, which is just fucking wrong, dog. Like, there's just, that's just one way of many to interpret reality. And the problem is we've been fucking hamstrung. We've been told that this is the only way to get to these ideas, that this is the only way to fucking interpret the reality, that these people themselves invented, if you will, these ideas, which is fucking hilarious, dog. And that's why I say that philosophy, it can be like jujitsu, but it's not. Because the Westerners, dog, they have their icy cold fucking clutches on it and they refuse to let go, right? And the question is, well, why? And the answer is simple. It's one that I've talked to. Remember, I think it's like the rehashing of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the answer is simple, dog, because white supremacy. It really does boil down to that shit, okay? I know I've already talked about it before, so I won't get too deep into it in detail because I'm trying to get to my actual hood philosophy shit. But again, just a quick summarization. It's, you know, these motherfuckers straight think, dog, and they're fighting tooth and claw to pre- preserve this misguided belief that philosophy is somehow a European invention, that it's unique to European people. And why? Well, because white supremacy, dog. That's the only reason why. There's just no need to get into it any further because it just, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So that's going to bring me to, that's what brought me to my second point, dog, as I started. What happened essentially is that I started doing this genealogy. Like I, I got bored with philosophy, dog, and philosophy, I legitimately love this shit. I'm a philosophy dork. I'll admit it. You know what I mean? I have been my entire life. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have to an extent as well. Okay. So typical philosophy dork shit, bro. I got to the point again where I was just bored. Like, what the fuck? There's, there's, I'm not encountering any new ideas that were so, you know, invigorating the first time I discovered them at the age of 22 formally. You know what I mean? And there's no more new ideas that are challenging me in a way that I feel is growing, is, 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 is forcing me to grow as an intellectual. So what are my fucking options? Like, I just stopped philosophizing. There's no more philosophy. I've read all the philosophy. Maybe not the individual philosophers, but I very highly doubt there's going to be much fucking de- uh, deviation uh, so considerable that it's going to introduce a world, an, an ontology-rattling idea. You know what I mean? Or am I going to look elsewhere? Okay? 
And again, that's where I got to the point where you just you're no longer you're not you you're you're no longer content. I got I, I for sure wasn't you right. We're just accepting the Western tradition of philosophy. Did not I just I just got I I I was no longer content with accepting the fact that they were not going to cater to the shit that I was concerned with. Okay, um, honestly, as and the point that I'm trying to say here is like there's shit obviously that we deal with on a worldly basis. Okay, on a daily basis that is not necessarily dealt with in philosophy. A lot, to be fair, a lot of what we discuss in philosophy is universal in nature, which is why it's so appealing to people from all over the world. Again, shout out to the homies listening from all around. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's very abstract, very metaphysical concepts that they can be applied in a practical way. But um, aside from that, it's very, this is again, this is my personal opinion. Okay. There, I'm not saying that all philosophy is like this. I'm saying most of philosophy is like this, right? Um, and most importantly, it wasn't necessarily making the practical change in my own personal life that I wanted, but more importantly, in the environment that I found myself in. Okay. Um, and as I started doing more research into like more meta philosophical research prior to this point, my research in philosophy was strictly philosophical, but I started getting into a lot of the meta philosophical shit. Like, all right, who the fuck, who are these fools to determine what philosophy is, what philosophy isn't, right? Shit that I've talked about in previous podcasts. Um, and as I started doing this, dog, you start reading a little bit of the biographies, you start to realize, yo, people like Plato and company, they were all elitist fucks, dog. Even the most fucking, you know, the one, the, like, I'm sure there's a few, but the one standout exception is Camus, dog. Camus came from the slums, bro. So shout out to Camus, a real motherfucking G from the slums. You know what I'm saying? But aside from that, most of these philosophers, dog, they came from wealthy, wealthy backgrounds, which is obvious given the fact that even in the 20 fucking first century, philosophizing is a luxury that unfortunately is not fucking uh, uh, allocated to many, okay? It's very elitist in that respect. Um, and it was worse in the past when these elitist fucks, dog, they can legit give a motherfuck less about people like you and I, the people from the hood, okay? And, and their philosophy shows it, dog. Like, you read Plato and you see his open acceptance of slavery. You read Plato and you see his open acceptance of inferior humans, quote-unquote, Right. And then you trace that genealogy and you should not by any stretch of the imagination be surprised to find those similar fucking ideas being reverberated in the quote unquote enlightenment era thinkers that were supposedly pushing the envelope for human freedom. When in reality, they were just as fucking elitist as Plato. They endorsed slavery. They fucking believed in the ideas of inferior and superior humans. Like there was nothing specifically, you know, different in, in that respect. They were concerned about freedom for like white men. And that was it. You know what I'm saying? Um so to think that they would ever be concerned with the struggles in the hood, it was laughable. They don't give a fuck about the struggles in the hood. It's written in their philosophy. Only a fool would believe otherwise, right? So it got to this point where I was just like, yo, why should I have to settle for what these Eurocentric fucks have to say? Like, straight the fuck up. Because just because this bullshit businesses that mask as education centers, I'm talking here fucking universities, right? Just because these fucking universities adopted their shit as the de facto curriculum by complete fucking you know arbitrary chance i personally had to spend the rest of my life content with just sitting settling for this boring ass shit like fuck that dog like this is dumb as fuck okay this is where you get jordan peterson and say well hang on there bucko right fuck you jordan peterson you're modernist and your modernist logic okay this is not fucking postmodern cultural marxism those two things are mutually incompatible you stupid fuck 
Okay. Anyways, the point that I'm trying to say is like, the, again, the reason he'll bring it up is because it's the collapse of Western civilization. Like, shut the fuck up. Right. Anyways, the point that I'm trying to say is like, who the fuck are these people, dog? Honestly, to say uh, that this is what legitimate philosophy is and that this is not what legitimate philosophy is. And then I was like, yo, I, this is going to be in the interest of full disclosure. I was thinking to myself, I was like, yo, I've met like a lot of these Western philosophers, dog. And honestly, I can bitch slap all of them, basically all of them, okay? I'm sure there's like one or two like brawny elderly men, right? Not elderly, like old people and shit. I'm saying like, you know, they got that old man strength like in their, 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 their 40s and 50s. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure one of them could put up something of a challenge. But for the most part, dog, we're talking like these little skinny fucking scrawny academic dorks, okay? And I'm looking around and I'm saying like, I'm not trying to put myself up on a pedestal, dog. I don't, and for one, for two, I don't condone bullying. But I'm looking at these people and I'm thinking to myself, why, honestly... The fuck am I listening to people who are disheveled and don't have their life in order to listen to the fucking Jordan Peterson language? How do I know they're disheveled and they don't have their life in order? Because they don't fucking, they're clearly, they don't, they're not taking care of their, of their body. Clearly, you know, they're focused strictly on, on the mind element of it. And why the fuck should I listen to people? Like, what I'm trying to say here, dog, is that your personal, per, like, who you are as a person will always influence who you are as a philosopher. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, Okay. So in that respect, why am I listening to these people who clearly don't fucking have their life in order and then are doing nothing more than upholding this fucking philosophy, this philosophical tradition that is actively suppressing other traditions? You know what I mean? Like, I, like if we were, if the, I'm not going to get state of nature with it, dog, but like if we were out in the wild, I'll fucking bitch slap your ass, dog. And then I'll tell you, this is the fucking philosophy we're going to establish and you're going to fucking listen to what I got to say because you're a fucking nerd and I'll fucking choke the shit out of you right? with some jujitsu skills. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condoning this. I'm just telling you, like, this is what was going on in my mind. Okay. I was thinking to myself, like, this is the kind of shit that I was thinking about when I was at this phase in my life. Um, specifically because I was very angry, dog. I was very angry that, um, as you know, the story continues, there's a lot like fomenting beneath, bubbling beneath the surface that I'm not necessarily discussing. But why was I angry? Because, yo, fuck white supremacy, dog. Like, straight the fuck up. You have no idea if you haven't researched how much we personally, as the indigenous peoples of Turtle Island, have lost because of fucking white supremacy, okay? Um, the one that pains my fucking heart. Yo, when I was younger, I used to think about the Library of Alexandria and get sad. Like, damn, that shit sucks. Who knows what kind of knowledge was in that bitch before it burnt down. And then imagine my surprise when I realized, like, yo, shit, we had fucking library. We had libraries, like the word fucking greater than that of Alexandria here on Turtle Island, the fucking the Mexica Tenoca. You know what I mean? We're talking about the Calmecax, which we'll talk about later in this podcast. Okay, their their learning centers. They were fucking. Uh, they were amazing institutional, or rather, uh, they were amazing libraries and archives and resources that were burned down by these fucking Spaniards, yo. And why the fuck a was I not taught about that? When I was younger, the answer is simple, because they don't want us to know our ancestral history because they want to maintain the ideas of white supremacy, namely that we're fucking savage, primitive peoples and that they allegedly came here to save you or save us. You know what I mean? Like, man, fuck Plato, fuck Hegel, fuck Jordan Peterson. Okay. Um, and then obviously the anger becomes then is like, yo, what the fuck, dog? A, you didn't teach people about this. And B, you're not acknowledging this. And it's very fucking, it's very upsetting. Okay. And you look around at the people who are upholding it and you say to yourself, the only strength, like the only actual strength that you have as a person is that which is given to you by this institutional body that is fucking actively upholding this colonial structure that is guilty by, you know, I, 
I don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Some people say, oh, it's just like by, it's by proxy. Fuck no. I say that universities are active fucking learning uh, institutional state sanctioned learnings of facilities that are designed to promote white supremacy. Okay. That's how they've always been, dog. That's how they started. This is a podcast that I talked about before. It's a lot talk about it a little bit more here in a little bit. But they start with the Carlisle School, dog. What is the Carlisle School? We're a bunch of fucking white Christian people are going to take these quote-unquote savage brown people and we're going to teach them, quote-unquote, how to be proper fucking English Americans or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? And it's from there that you get universities, dog. Where the fuck do you think the teachers that taught us that Christopher Columbus allegedly discovered America fucking got their degrees from, dog, the university. So some people will say, oh, it's just, you know, that universities are neither good nor evil. They're just institutional learning. For, they're just fucking, you know, they're just there. To which I say, bullshit, fucking read Foucault. You'll see that universities, prisons, hospitals, they all serve the same function, dog. And you might be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I sure as fuck ain't, okay? So I look at these fucking little scrawny nerds in philosophy that are telling me, they're telling me that there is no philosophy outside of Europe Okay, that philosophy is a uniquely European invention. And I realized, like, yo, I'll fucking choke the shit out you, dog. Like, legit, I'll fucking get you in a guillotine. Uh, a guillotine, rather. I'll get you in a fucking rear naked chokehold. And I'll strangle you unfucking conscious if you come at me with your bullshit-ass white supremacy nonsense. Because it's simply not true. Okay? Now, of course, that was just hypothetical. I don't fucking condone bullying. Because realistically, physical violence... This is, I say realistically, okay? But let's be fucking real clear about what's happening here. The only reason we're learning about Plato and fucking Socrates and philosophy and universities is because of the very real physical violence that occurred prior to the building of these bitch-ass universities here in the United States of, uh, 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 of this country, right? The settler colonial country, the United States of America. So let's not discount the role of fucking physical violence when it comes to education because it is very fucking real and it exists full fucking well, okay? However, these little fucking scrawny fucks, these little Western academic dorks have used the, the, the fact that since this all occurred in the past, they no longer have to worry about that, right? So now they're going to lob it and say, well, that's not a valid critique against uh, 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 the, the ancient tradition of philosophy. You need to come with an intellectual critique, if you will. To which I say, dog, first of all, again, everything I just qualified it with here saying that the only reason we fucking discuss this philosophy is because of the violence that predated it. But second of all, again, this is not to say that what I'm trying to tell you has no intellectual merit. The difference is, the difference is that you personally, this Western philosopher who, by the way, can come of any fucking skin color at this point because colonialism has been internalized by all sorts of people, not just white people at this point, okay? But because you set up this artificial fucking barrier, this artificial border of what you personally conveniently say that philosophy is, and if the critique that we're lobbying at you doesn't fit within your conveniently little uh, prepackaged nicety pa uh, box then you just dismiss it and say it's irrelevant. To which I say, well, you basically fucking have us at a, 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 a you, you've bludgeoned us essentially into submission where we have to no fucking choice but to play your game. To which I say, fuck that shit, dog. Okay? Um, that's, if, I, if I get so passionate about it because I love philosophy, dog. And like, I mean, I can actually smack the shit out of some people when they fucking, when they, when they try to tell, when, 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 when they try to tell me shit like, you know, there is no philosophy outside of Western, the European tradition of philosophy. If I was around when this fucking, whoever the fuck it was that I mentioned in that previous podcast, what is it? Um, who gives a fuck? It's one of those German philosophers from the 1940s, right? Derrida, I don't know the fuck who, Derrida's French, but who gives a fuck, right? Whoever the fuck it was that said that 
uh, that uh, the idea of non-Western philosophy is a, is, a, is a oxymoron, right? And that Western philosophy is a tautology. Like, man, fuck you, dog. Like, I would legit smack the shit out of you had I heard his bitch ass saying that kind of shit. He's dead now, thankfully, right? So unfortunately, I'll never have the chance. But trust me when I say there are plenty of people out there that uphold that same belief, dog, okay? And again, they like to say that <laughs> violence ain't the answer to which you say, dog, fuck you, because the only reason you're in that position is because of violence, okay? And... The only difference now is that you're not engaged with it. You're legit living off the laurels of the motherfuckers that came before you. And now the only violence that you perpetuate is what's referred to as symbolic violence, okay? Shout out to my boy Paulo Freire and this fucking pedagogy of the oppressed, homeboy, okay? Again, these fucking Western academic philosophy dorks, they just assume that because they're not actively engaging in physical violence, like the kind that I was joking about making, okay, earlier, um... That they don't have the, the, that they're not engaging in violence, but it's not true, dog. Actively shitting on people's culture and their fucking history, uh, actively repressing ancestral knowledge, that's symbolic violence, bro, okay? And to assume that <laughs> I don't have the intellectual tools, or rather to assume that the reason I'm fucking so angry that I could resort to, phys- or the thought, I should say, uh, of physical violence, that it's because I don't have the intellectual tools to be able to defeat them at philosophy, it's fucking hilarious, dog, because again, it just, all it boils down to is you got me twisted to think I'm the one that's just going to sit by passively and fucking act. But sorry, I'm going to sit back passively like some little chum dog and act like, you know, it's all good that you're engaging in these actions of symbolic violence because I'm not, dog, right? Um, passive aggressive intellectual colonization is just as fucking detrimental as the active, you know, physical colonization is the point that I'm trying to make, right? So I got to the point, dog, where I was like, you know what, man? Fuck these academics, yo. Honestly, you can't claim... And you can't keep philosophy for yourself, right? And we're no longer at the point where we're just going to sit passively by and allow you to do so anymore. So it gets to the point where I realize it's like, okay, clearly there's just no way of beating these motherfuckers at their own game. It's not possible because they set the boundaries, they set the rules, and they the house the the house always wins, dog. You just cannot beat Western philosophers at their game, and right. And me personally, when it comes to non-Western philosophy, there's basically one of two approaches that they boil down to one of two approaches. The first is that you have the one that I fucking hate the most. I hate this shit the most, dog. And that is where you have non-Western philosophies. Basically, they're sucking up to the Western tradition of philosophy. They'll say, hey, look, we had philosophers like this too. And they'll always compare it. They'll say, our philosophers thought of this just like Plato did, right? And it's like, man, fuck that, dog. What are you doing? Like, you don't need to justify what your people's philosophized about by fucking appealing to the, you know, to the ideas of some pedophile like Plato, dog. Like, that's bullshit. I fucking hate it. And I especially hate it when it happens in the Nahuatl tradition of philosophy, okay? And the reason why is it parlays us to the second reason. And this is the one that I respect, obviously, and that's because fuck Plato, dog. These intel- these philosophical systems developed entirely independent of Plato, okay? So you assert your fucking sovereignty and you say, fuck Plato, dog. I don't give a fuck. If if you're reading this and the ideas come up and they're like and, you, and they remind you of Plato, that's good for you, dog. But as far as I'm concerned, Plato can fucking fuck off, yo, essentially. Okay. Um, and what this is called then is this is delinking, dog. This is epistemic delinking. First of all, we are decentering, okay? I don't give a fuck, dog. Philosophy did not start in ancient Greece, and I can give a motherfuck less if it's ethical to grow a beard. I don't fucking care what 2 plus 2, why 2 plus 2 equals 4, and I sure as fuck don't give a fuck that your stupid Christian God is dead, okay? I don't give a fuck about any of that, dog. We're going to decenter the philosophy. We're going to say, no, 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 no. 
ancient Greece is not the de facto starting point of philosophy, okay? And then we're going to engage in what is referred to as epistemic delinking. We are going to completely delink our our ideas, right? Our start and end points of philosophy, the foundations that we have for our ideas, right? And we're going to completely delink from the Greek tradition. We're going to say, fuck you, dog. Like, you didn't, you don't, you don't own philosophy, okay? We're doing our own shit over here. And just because your shit is legitimized by these fucking state-sanctioned businesses that fucking mask as university institutional learnings of uh, centers of higher learning, doesn't mean shit, dog. That just means that it's fucking all part of one giant system while one part of one giant hustle designed to do nothing more than maintain and uphold white supremacy. So whether you fucking consider it actual philosophy or not is entirely irrelevant because, again, you don't get to set the playing field no more. You don't get to set the board game. We're doing our own shit and we don't need you to justify it. We don't need you as in the Western tradition of philosophy to justify our shit. We can are more than capable of justifying our own shit intellectually. You know what I mean? And that's where this hood philosophy shit really fucking started to kick into high gear, dog. Because again, while they're like legit, dog, this, I use this example all the time because it's a real fucking example in the Western tradition of philosophy, whether it's ethical or not to grow a beard. You can fucking look up the article. I use this example because it's a real example in philosophy, whether it's fucking, uh, uh, whether you're being unfaithful to your partner in this world, if your duplicate in another reality is with a different partner. Like, this is real shit that they're concerned with in philosophy. And I don't give a fuck about that, dog. You know what I'm concerned with? How to end the school to prison pipeline. That's what the fuck I'm concerned with. You know what I'm concerned with? How to stop predatory military recruiting practices in the hood, dog. That's what the fuck I'm concerned with, okay? Um, I'm concerned with fucking unmasking and fucking rerouting ways unmasking first all the colonial traps that have been set up for peoples that i grew up with in the hood okay and remapping different ways for them to be able to escape this fucking struggle dog so that they don't end up in the prison pipeline so that they don't end up in the fucking military recruiter's office just searching desperately for a way out this bitch okay um these are all issues that have fucking decimated my community right and they've created motherfuckers like me who are walking around confused as fuck Right? Purposefully, dog. Purposefully. Because when you're walking around confused as fuck without any idea of who you are, where you're going, where you've come from, it's easy to take advantage of you. They've stolen our hearts and our faces, dog. Right? And because of this, we're prime for being swallowed up into these fucking colonial traps that they benefit from. Financially, no less. Okay? But also in terms of continuing the colonial project by eradicating of this continent as many brown and black people as humanly possible. Right? That's what the fuck I care about, dog. I don't give a fuck about Plato and his stupid fucking pedophilic friends. I don't, they can all fuck off, dog. Right? So this is the this was the fucking birth of hood philosophy, dog. Now, don't get me twisted, okay? At first, I'm I'm not trying to say I'm not, I'm not the only one, okay? I'm not the first one to fucking say this, dog. I'm not the only one that's gonna say this, and I'm <laughs> I'm not the last person that's concerned with this type of shit, okay? Again, just like I mentioned with the Western tradition of philosophy, the same holds true for me. I, we all stand on the shoulders of giants, dog, the giants that come before us, okay? And it's because of them that I'm able to talk about this shit now, bro. Now, of course, the difference is you're not going to find the majority of the fucking giants that I'm standing on their shoulders. You're not going to find them in the college curriculum, bro. And if you do, when they are present, it's always going to be that token shit, okay? That's included just to demonstrate how fucking woke and progressive these bitch ass liberal academics are. Okay. They're going to include these fucking white scholars because they're white dog. Just look up the numbers. Like I'm telling you, yo, you don't have to fucking believe me. I'm not trying to be fucking racist. It's just it. The, the, 
Science don't give a fuck about our feelings, okay? The numbers don't lie, bro. The majority of the people who are running these liberal arts departments, they're fucking white, dog. And they'll, they'll, you know, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna include the, some of the giants that I'm talking about to demonstrate their commitment to inclusivity, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? So they can show how progressive they allegedly are, okay? But there's a difference, dog, between showing like one reading by a fucking non-Western philosopher and by developing an entire curriculum around non-Western philosophy. that There's a huge fucking difference between those two things, okay? Shout out to Gayatri Spivak, dog, no doubt. But fuck all these academics, yo, that think that just because they're, they're assigning can the subaltern speak, that that's enough to make up for 500 years of physical and symbolic violence, bro. Get the fuck out of here, dog. It, it takes more than that, okay? It takes a complete reevaluation and a complete redevelopment of the curriculums. It takes a complete deconstruction of what a university currently is and a complete fucking construction in a way that is actively geared towards it restorative justice dog undoing the fucking hundreds of years of perpetuation of white supremacy that these institutions of alleged higher learning have fucking continued to advance you know what i'm saying so in that respect <laughs> what happened specifically is that once i began to search out these giants dog the genealogy, if you will, okay, of the struggles. I personally engaged in a genealogical study where I started to just trace shit. I just started to trace shit. Like literally you could say you had like a, a map up here on the board like we see in those 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 movies where they're trying to find a serial killer. Like this is where he struck last. This is where he struck before that, etc. That's kind of what I did. We, you map it out. Dog. You trace a genealogy, right, of the struggles in the hood and how they can be addressed. And you start to find these scholars along the way who are dealing with the shit that you are, Okay. And, you know, you just chart your, tar your, your topography from there and inevitably you get to certain issues and you realize like, okay, this, this right here, this is the shit that we need to be concerned with, right? And every single time, dog, I don't care what genealogy you trace it from, as long as you're charting the fucking, the history of the world for the last 500 years, it always falls back to one thing and it is capitalism, dog. Now, I should qualify this by stating that one of the biggest issues that I have is that people automatically assume that because I'm talking shit about capitalism, that I'm automatically condoning communism. You need to divorce yourself from this bullshit fucking binary opposition nonsense. You can talk shit about capitalism and hate communism, okay? The two are not mutually exclusive, to which I do, dog. Like, I don't, I'm not a fan of capitalism, but I would never want to live under a communist state, okay? Communism, in fact, is completely antithetical to much of the, the aims of the indigenous peoples of this continent, bro. Decolonization again means decolonization, yo. And this fucking German uh, historical dialectical materialism, they don't give a fuck about the people. They never give a fuck about the people of this continent, yo. There's writings of Marx and Engels that refer to, you know, Mexican specifically, but the indigenous peoples of this continent as a whole as, you know, inferior, yo, like typical white colonial shit, dog. And realistically, you'll notice that if you, if you do a comparison of capitalism and communism, ultimately, they're both antithetical to indigenous sovereignty in the sense that they're going to seek to utilize the land that's been stolen from indigenous peoples, dog. The only difference is that capitalists are going to seek to utilize the land for personal profit and communists are going to seek to utilize the land for the, the alleged collective good, which is fucking outright bullshit, dog. Like indigenous sovereignty means indigenous sovereignty. And one of the things that you're not going to like to hear, especially those people in the indigenous circles, is that realistically, dog, this is a famous quote in the history of the, of the American Indian movement, but it's fucking true, yo. American law is Indian law. 
Now, to be fair, to be fair, whatever the fuck these Americans did, I don't even call them Americans now because that grounds them in this country and it, 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 it masks what they truly are. And what they truly are is like, yo, you're fucking Europeans, dog. You're European immigrants, okay? <laughs> um, and what this initial wave of European immigrants did, these colonizers did, is they bastardized this fucking, the, 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 the original uh, uh, um, indigenous law of this land. You know what I'm saying? So the reason I'm bringing it up then is because it, it, it bears repeating, dog, that, you know, and I get a lot of shit by peoples who, you know, they're brown peoples, but they've been co-opted by the, fu- they're basically LARPing, dog, okay? Um, because to be fair, the, to be fair, the communist peoples, they've done a really good job of, 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 of uh, finding the, the, the struggle, the pain that the indigenous occupants of this continent have, you know, endured and utilizing it to their benefit, okay? So to their credit, they've done a really good job of that. So I get a lot of beef from the peoples that they have managed, the brown peoples that they have managed to fucking, you know, uh, subsume into their structure. And they say shit like, I'm not part of the hood. I'm not down for the cause that I'm completely antithetical to the, to, to, to the aims of the people, to which the exact opposite is true, dog. What it boils down to is that it's about indigenous sovereignty and recognizing that, yo, just because communism appears to be a fucking viable alternative to capitalism doesn't necessarily mean that it's in the interest of the indigenous peoples, Right. Um, but that's kind of an aside. I just felt the need to absolutely get that out there. Just, just again, for the sticklers, right? The point that I'm saying is that when you start to do the genealogies of the fucking problems that are facing the hood, dog, inevitably you always arrive first to capitalism. And it's not by surprise, dog. This shit is a fucking Ponzi scheme, bro. And while people like you and I were unquestionably, unquestionably at the bottom of this Ponzi scheme, it rings especially true, dog. It rings especially true for people in the hood. You have seen the fucking stereotype of the liquor store and pawn shops, right? And the check cashing places in the hood. Like, this is not something that is, I'm not dropping profound knowledge on you. You've seen these fucking stereotypes. They exist for a reason, okay? And the reason is that we in the hood, right? We're essentially, dog, the de facto legalized chattel slavery of the 21st century. There's just no, there's just no nice way to put it, Okay. That new slave song by Kanye West, it really fucking, it really rings true, dog. Just because we're not physically bound to, uh, you know, the, the, the way that the, fa- the plant, the, the plantation, I guess you could say, but just because we're not bound to the way that slavery, chattel slavery in the United States used to be in the 1800s or well, 1800s too, actually. What the fuck am I tripping on? But basically, since the formation of this settler colonial project, the United States, right? Just because it's not the same doesn't mean that it's not the same, okay? And what I'm trying to tell you is that people's in the hood, dog, that, that's I mean, the whole planet, dog. This is fucking prison planet for a reason, okay? But before we get to the fucking planet part, the prison planet part, we, we got to crawl before we ball, baby. We're talking about the hood here, okay? Um, and it's the people in the hood, dog, that you have, you have one or two choices. You can either work a shit job for this shit pay, okay? Or you can find a way to survive outside of the system, right? This nine to five grind, which usually always manifests in the forms of guns, drugs, and other illicit, illegal, quote-unquote, gang activity, okay? Um, both of which, or yeah, I would say both of which, okay? Even the live, trying to live within the system, but definitely fucking trying to live without it. They always end up in one of two ways, dog, both of which are obviously beneficial to white supremacy, and that is that it ends up with brown and black people either dead Again, furthering the fucking desire to rid this continent by white supremacists of brown and black people or in jail, which is the next best thing because they might still be on this continent, but at least they're fucking locked away in a cage and away from, you know, 
uh, and, and, and out of sight, essentially, out of sight, out of mind. And the best part about this for the white supremacists is that they've developed a system where they can profit off of people's mostly black and brown being in these fucking prisons by the for-profit industry and uh, prison complex, of course, right? So, you know what's really funny, dog? Is like, I've always thought about this. It's funny how it's been proven, dog, beyond a fucking doubt that the CIA was introducing drugs into our communities, bro. They were the Contra Costa, you know what I mean? Like, and simultaneously, there's reports that they infiltrated like the hip hop music industry, which is not surprising, dog. I don't put it past them at all whatsoever. That's what they do, dog. Okay. And that, you know, you have the rise of this rap genre music that is pushing people into fucking lives that are going to end up with them either dead or in jail. But I'm sure that's just a fucking coincidence, okay? Anyways, shout out to Gary Webb, dog, for reals. Gary Webb was the fucking journalist that exposed the the Iran Contra Costa. And to that extent, shout out to the real motherfucking freeway Ricky Ross, okay? Because the real Rick Ross don't rap. The motherfucker that was, you know, bringing the drugs in for the CIA so that they could turn around and sell it to the fucking, you know, to the Contras to continue their unjust coups, their un, you know, their uh, their illegal coups around the world. Anyways, the point that I'm trying to say here, dog, is like whether we take the, the in the hood. Whether we take the legal or the illegal way out, it always ends up in the same way, yo. And it's always either being dead or in jail, which again is great for white supremacy because it's one less brown or black body out in fucking on this continent. Okay. Now, this obviously this is the prison, the school to prison pipeline in a nutshell, which I'll get to briefly. But for now, it bears discussing that <laughs> even children, dog, even children who seemingly don't have a choice in the matter, we get swallowed up in the system, dog, specifically in the form of absentee parents. Now, when I say absentee parents, I don't mean just right here, the typical walkout or deadbeat father, okay? That's a trope that's common, but it's not the only way that there's fucking absentee parents. I'm also talking about drug and alcohol addicted parents, bro, um, who are, you know, too busy getting high to take care of their own kids. Like, that was the case with me and a dude that knocked on my mom. I never my, I've never met my dad, right? Why? Because he was addicted to heroin, Doug. So he's, he was too busy getting high. To ever even fucking try to take care of a child. You know what I mean? And then he spent the rest of his life in and out. Of, I don't even know if he's alive or not. Right? But um, he's been, he was, is, I don't fucking care. Right? In and out of prison for a variety of other reasons. Right? Um, so that's another way that you have absentee parents. Or more sinisterly, of course, is the case of parents who simply, they might want to be their dog, but they just fucking can't. They cannot be there. Even though, again, they actually want to because... They're too busy holding down multiple jobs, multiple minimum wage jobs, no less, right? To keep their household afloat. Um, one of the things I like to say in my ethics class is just a quick aside, is that once we start like really immersing ourselves in the ethic and into the world of ethics, we start to realize just how connected all these issues are in this grand matrix. Okay. So when I talk about shit like this, you know, inherent in that discussion is the 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 fight for a fair wage, yo. And then you start to ask yourself, well, why don't we have a fucking fair living wage? And then the floodgates open from there, dog, okay? You can go from the quote-unquote extreme conspiratorial to it's all by design, designed to, you know, keep poor people in place so that way there'll always be a fucking, a steady flow of people in prison or in fucking the military, right? This is the predatory military practices, that, uh, the predatory military recruitment practices that I was talking about or because, you know, you can get to the more, the more uh, uh, acceptable quote-unquote reasons and that is that, you know, uh, the, the the CEOs essentially will have to take a giant pay cut, and you know who are we, the people that actually you know accrue the la- the the wealth for these CEOs to demand that they pay us a fair living wage, right? So, whatever the case is, that's just a quick aside, right? The the interrelationship and this grand matrix that we all find ourselves existing that we're trying to navigate through, 
Anyways, the point that I'm trying to make here, man, is that it's in this not being there, quote unquote, this quote unquote not being there, that the system, it first sinks its icy cold grip, dog, into many of us, right? So there's this familiar example that I know we're all familiar with, that people that alleged care from the streets, right? They seek the alleged care from the streets in order to compensate for the, you know, absentee parents. But the one that hardly gets any consideration, dog, is, you know, there's plenty already of insights, again, standing on the shoulders of giants here, dog. But there's plenty of insights that'll show you like people who, who've gone down this road. They're, they talk about how I went to the streets because it's there that I thought I found what I was looking for, what I was missing at home, only to find that the streets didn't give a fuck, dog. The streets buried me cold, okay? Um, but the one that hardly ever gets any consideration, though, is, again, the they schools that raise us every day, basically, from 9 to 5. Now, the they schools here, obviously, is an homage to the fucking Dead Press song. Shout out to Dead Press. One of the many soldiers are giants of whose soldiers I stand on. You know what I mean? And conveniently, something that would never, ever, ever be included in the Western fucking uh, curriculum of legitimized philosophy, right? Fuck Plato, Doug. Anyways, um, the they schools, their song they schools, right? And this is the this is where shit starts to get critical with the hood philosophy, dog. When you start to realize that these schools, again, you know, they're nothing more than a continuation of these Carlisle schools, as I've talked about before in the indigenization and decolonization podcast. Uh, at length that do nothing more than miseducate kids, dog. They just teach us the lies, right? Uh, they don't fucking teach us what we need to know to survive, okay? That's summarizing the dead quote, the dead press song, but it's also a, a referring to a meme that gained popularity recently where it states all the shit that, you know, we learned in school, all the shit that we wish we would have learned in school, okay? Um, and the question is, well, why? And dog, the answer is fucking simple. It always boils down to the same thing white supremacy i'm not trying to be reductive i'm not trying to be dismissive of other factors i'm just saying that if you get to the core of it you'll see that the reason it's the core is because they were they were built with the intention of upholding and advancing white supremacy yo so inevitably you know you get to the point where you realize that these school system bro like we've all had that experience where either you or a friend refers to their teacher as mom you know what i'm saying and you start to realize like, oh, damn, this is kind of fucking crazy because you have the parents, for instance, who will take, not even in many instances, take their kids to school because their kid will have to start school before their parents go to work, right? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, they'll have to go to work before their kids start school. But in some instances, they'll drop them off at school, okay? But then they'll have to go to work themselves. And then their kids, they'll be completely separated from their kids from, you know, eight to six, basically, Right. And then when, when we get home, how much time do we actually spend with our families? Well, how much time, let's put aside how much time now in the modern era is spent on our phones as opposed to actually like, you know, vibing with our family and shit. Um, but more importantly, like when you get home after a long days of work or a long day of school, you're fucking tired, dog. And you want to just veg out. So, you know, then inevitably it's time for fucking bed to get ready to do the same shit all over again. And you start to ask yourself, well, fuck, dog. How much time do I actually spend with my parents? How much time do you actually spend with your children? And you start to realize that you're not even raising your own kids, bro. It's these fucking schools that are raising our children. And what are they raising them with? The values, dog, of the white supremacists that are designed in such a way to create either fucking workers that will continue to uphold this capitalist system or the prison chateau that will fucking continue to fatten their pockets, dog. That's basically what it boils down to, right? This we start to realize like the fucking curriculum that they're teaching in the K through 12 educational programs, right? They're, they're sanctioned dog. They're government sanctioned in learning curriculums by people who in admittedly, especially here in Texas, 
are fucking white supremacists, essentially. They're Christian conservative white supremacists, dog. And they're saying, this is, these motherfuckers teaching Moses as a founding father of this country, dog, because supposedly the logic goes that since the founding fathers of this country were Christian, you can extrapolate then that the Christian influence would imply that Moses was a fucking founding father as well. This is the absurdity that we fucking have to expose our children to. And they spend the majority of the time with these people, raising them for the most formative years of their lives, dog. So that by the time that they're young adults, there's, there's just no fucking, there's, there's little to no hope left. You know what I mean? So it gets to this point that when we're doing this philosophy and it's like, yo, this, this is the kind of shit that I'm concerned about with. Why the fuck are we not addressing this in these philosophy courses? Why the fuck are we not taking this knowledge and, you know, actively applying it into our communities to try to change them for the better? And the answer is because they don't want to, dog. Because doing so severely threatens the fucking status quo. And what is the status quo? white supremacy dog i hate to be that guy but it's fucking true so again it just got to the point where ultimately dog it leads me back to the philosophy where i got to the point when i was like man fuck plato dog for reals though fuck plato after much consideration i realized okay plato and every other fucking western philosopher since him dog they don't give a fuck about the struggles in the hood and that's again the only shit i fucking care about right and that's ultimately what led me to the final element of hood philosophy and that is it's recovery dog simply put um addiction recovery relapse right that takes us into a complete different you know that takes us it's just one of the many legs if you will that hood philosophy stands on dog but it's no less important but you know that shit i mean it's important so let's i'll talk about it just a little bit right but the point is like recovery of our existence first and foremost i've talked about it before but also dog more importantly not even more importantly but how do you recover your existence well you recover your existence from taking our, our lives back from all the fucking maladaptive practices we've developed in order to try to cope with the existence of living in the hood, dog. That's basically what it boils down to, right? Yo, straight up, dog, like, there's mad motherfuckers, I'm not exaggerating, yo, that are running around this bitch with undiagnosed PTSD, okay? Because we were never taught the proper ways to heal from the trauma that we've experienced and that have, we had to endure growing up in the hood, okay? And again, it's not always physical, obvious physical violence like gunplay, bro. It's subtle shit like growing up in a food and a and it's subtle shit like growing up in a food and a money insecure home, you know, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, not knowing if you're going to be able to fucking cover rent the next month, if you're going to have lights on to, you know, when you get home. Like that's fucking violence too, dog. That's some traumatizing shit for people to have to endure. Okay? Um so this is the kind of shit this is, you know, and and having to live through this kind of shit, that's what stresses people out, bro. Um, and that in turn, it leads them to seek an outlet so that they don't fucking go crazy, bro. But of course, we haven't been taught any healthy coping mechanisms because instead of learning how to properly manage money or relieve stress, we've been taught about King Henry VIII, dog, how he beheaded his wife instead. Like, man, honestly, bro, motherfuck King Henry VIII, motherfuck that lizard queen currently sitting up in butt fucking ham palace. <laughs> in Buckingham Palace, whatever. Motherfuck the rest of European history, dog. Like, my peoples are dying in the streets, okay? They're, you know... I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, dog, but these people were, like, they're fucking suffering, dog. They're dying in the streets for reals, okay? And they're living lives of absolute despair. So why the fuck should we be concerned at all in any way, shape, or form with European history when we should be being taught instead shit that can actually make an actual real-world difference in our lives now at a time, the most formative age of our year, of our lives, 
when doing so will be of actual benefit and importance to us. You know what I'm saying? And the answer is simple, dog, is because philosophy, if you ask me personally, has failed us. How has it failed us? By refusing to let go of its fucking death grip that it has on its claim to knowledge, dog. Like, I'm telling you this, and I'll still be dismissed as fucking not knowing what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Because I don't come from a legitimized, quote-unquote, academic source. And, you know... At a point, and inevitably, it gets where you're fucking, you just get over it. You're like, man, fuck you, dog. No, I'm no longer, this is the epistemic delinking and the decentering. It's like, I'm no longer playing by that game, dog. I don't need a fucking university to justify the shit that I'm talking, dog. Like, truth will fucking stand on its own as I discussed in the previous podcast. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's no reason why I should feel compelled or obligated to go through a state-sanctioned institutional learning facility to justify what the fuck it is that I'm trying to tell you. Like, obviously, I'm pretty fucking firm in my conviction about the healing power of philosophy, you know, because it's something that I've had firsthand experience with. And it's, you know, I've had the, the, the uh, not just on a personal level, but also as a professional level, as a teacher, right? And I know full well that the importance of what philosophy can do to people, dog, how it can help people, right? I can tell you from firsthand experience, moreover, that the best place where this can happen is in the streets, bro, because the streets are fucking hungry, dog. That's why I'm telling you, like, the people that tune in from around the world, like, again, my hood is your hood, dog. We might speak a different language. We might come from a different fucking socioeconomic background. Probably not the socioeconomic background, right? But what I'm trying to say is, like, we don't speak the same language. We don't come from the same culture, but the struggle remains the same, dog. Okay, and that's the streets. They're fucking hungry for the philosophy, dog. And instead of guarding it in these elitist, privileged universities, it needs to be given out to the peoples where it can make the biggest difference, dog. But, (laughs) you know, we're not doing that. We're just simply not doing that with the Western tradition of philosophy. The streets, I'm telling you, they're hungry, dog. Not for nonsense, but for real shit, yo. For wisdom, knowledge, the pursuit thereof, right? There's plenty of people out there right now at this very moment who are looking at themselves in the mirror and they're asking, yo, like, is there more to life? This is another recurring theme in the hood philosophy that comes from this, uh, the recovery element, right? Uh, you'll, if you, if you have by chance gone back, you'll, I've talked about it in the beginning with, you know, the absurdity of existence. Like, yo, there's gotta be more to life than this, dog. There's gotta be more to life than just suffering, you know, and being a fucking puppet to this pawn of the system that I was fucking thrown into. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, like, yeah, dog, there is. That despite all the nonsense that's going on, like, yo, life can be dope as fuck, bro. And the more that we learn about it, the more the greater our potential to experience the greatness of it all becomes. You know what I'm saying? Am I saying there aren't issues that need to be addressed? Absolutely not. Of course there are. Okay. And I understand full well that, you know, that's like me fucking sitting here and philosophizing, dog. This is a privilege. I get that, right? While many, especially right now during this ongoing global pandemic, this is a privilege that most people don't have a pleasure of, you know, partaking in. But the goal is not to, you know, tout the ability to do so, but rather to exp- just try to get the knowledge out there, dog, so that we can try to help as many people as possible with the philosophy so that they too can help themselves get to the point where they're living a more enjoyable life, whether it be by learning to, you know, properly relieve our stresses in ways that don't fucking continue the school to prison pipeline, that don't continue the predatory military recruiting practices, etc. Or, you know, by addressing the unresolved and unhealed trauma that we experienced because of the fucking shitty upbringing that we had. Or by undoing ourselves from the fucking bullshit brainwashing that we endured through our K-12 through education and possibly even our collegiate education as well, right? And realizing that, yo, life is meaningful, dog. 
like it's fucking beautiful it can be beautiful and it does have the the western world doesn't have a fucking lockdown bro just because the western world has reduced itself to this reductive scientific materialism that doesn't see a way out of the of the of the nihilistic pit of despair doesn't mean that that's the truth for everybody around the world and that we can start you know expect we can start propagating this truth and realizing that just because these motherfuckers have a ice cold death grip on this shit doesn't mean that it has to be this way forever bro right so yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Like, man, fuck Plato, bro. Fuck, fucking Plato, guys. He was the original Harvey Weinstein, dog. Like, let's be honest with them, okay? Fuck them both, okay? And me personally, like, I'm just, I'm not with it, dog, right? And yeah, that's basically where it boils down to the fucking the root of the hood philosophy. We start to realize, like, yo, there's more at stake. To, there's too much at stake, dog, to be letting this shit fucking hang in the balance of all this. Uh, 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 of the uh, elitists in the academic institutions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess to conclude, I guess, for the final thought is that I know it's one that I've repeated at various instances throughout the course of this project, this, you know, hood philosophy project that I've updated, right? But that is that, you know, hood philosophy, dog, we just, we have a different starting end point than Western philosophy. They shit, like, yeah, it started in ancient Greece and it's given to you by an institutionalized institutionalized rather state-sanctioned corporate body that and it ends there like the university right but my shit dog my shit starts in the hood and it ends in the hood and it's given to you via the technology of the internet dog okay um what you do with the knowledge that's entirely up to you to decide right but one thing i know for sure is like hopefully if this is the ultimate reflection on the 50th episode it's doing anything is that it's helping us realize like yo we're more than just these disempowered fucks that we're brainwashed to believe and we have the ability to heal and recover our lives, right? It's going to be difficult, but inevitably we might very well get through the three transformations of the spirit, right? That I mentioned at the beginning that Nietzsche is talking about to a point where we no longer feel the need to have to be influenced by outside sources to live a life of actual meaning, purpose, and value that it can inevitably come entirely from within us. Got a lot of work to do. Got a lot of dark nights of the soul ahead of you. A lot of trauma work, right? To have to work through, I should say specifically. But inevitably that it is possible to overcome the pit of nihilistic despair that these Western analytic philosophers have reduced us to. And yeah, I hope you all enjoyed my 50th episode of the podcast. I look forward to bringing you another one, hopefully within a week, right? Um, And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Most importantly, peace fam.